Welcome to the Rebel Soul Podcast. If you're a coach, healer, or creative who has a calling in your soul to turn your unique gifts into a business that lights you, your clients, and your bank account up, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Lauren Ciesco, the queen of spiritual sales, self-sabotage expert, intuitive business coach, and a rebel soul. Each episode is intentionally designed to shift your soul and give your mind proof that it is possible to make money for your soul gifts, build a business without all the rules or hustle, and have fun along the way. Welcome home, Rebel Souls. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Soul Podcast, and that might be be the last time that I get to say that. If you didn't hear the news, I am changing the name of the podcast and the next episode should be under the new one. And actually I've made a small tweak since actually announcing it. So the official new name of the podcast is going to be called The Business of Being Authentically You with Lauren Ciesco. So I'm so excited for that. I am actually back in Mexico. I'm coming at you from Sayulita. I'm actually looking outside right now. I'm staring at this beautiful jungle view. It just lights me up and I feel so much gratitude and it just really puts me in such an inspired mode. I feel like my soul is so happy here that it speaks through me and it just is so great to be back. However, they seem to be doing some construction next door. So if you hear some sounds, um, it's because it's Mexico and that's the way it is. So we're going to roll with it. I am excited to bring you this episode. And to be completely honest, and of course, every single episode just comes with the truth serum, all these truth, truth bombs. It's been really hard for me to sit down and actually record an episode for, for you guys. It's been probably about two weeks since I recorded one. And I have been in a transition stage, an expanding stage, evolving so fast that it's really been hard for me to put language to it. And so this is really my first attempt. And as the universe would have it, right, as we're in it, um, through this experience was able to really see so clearly the process there's actually a process and so because of this experience I'm actually sharing with you guys for the very first time this brand new process um that I'm so excited so it's been interesting I was talking to my bestie the other day so I've been staying in San Diego for two and a half months. I was back in San Diego, mostly staying with my parents, visiting friends, just doing the whole, you know, family life back there. And I'm now back in Sayulita and it was nice to be back and to see my friends and family and spend time with them. But to be honest, it was a really kind of rough stage in my life where I was going through just doing a lot of deep work. And of course, as the universe would have it, being back home, I was put in situations where all of those deep core beliefs that have been holding me back came to the surface. So I was able to remove them. And now that I'm back in Sayulita after two and a half months, I'm back to the same place that I was, but I feel like a completely different person because I've had a shift in my energy and a shift in the way I see, see myself. And it's just a more embodied version of my truth. 
So I'm chatting with my best friend and she's asking me like, how are you feeling? And I was just like, it feels good. I'm just, I'm just acclimating. And I was talking about how I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do my podcast on. And I'm just trying to like find my feet. And this vision of Mount Everest came up and the analogy of, you know, when you have to, when you climb Mount Everest, there's actually like certain base camps that you have to go to. And at these base camps, you stay for a certain amount of time so that you're able to acclimate so that you can actually get to a, to a place where you're able to continue the rest of the journey. And I don't, I haven't researched it, but I'm guessing that most people are, and no one has been able to just to start at the bottom of Mount Everest and go all the way up. It's actually part of the journey. And part of it is these base camps where you stop and you get integrated and your body adjusts and you can expand to hold more oxygen to expand what's going to happen on this journey. And that's really what it felt like last week for me. And now that I've kind of have done, you know, got back my feet and I'm like feeling very comfortable, I am able to see the contrast. I'm able to see, I have a little bit of space to really have the clarity of like looking back down and being like, oh, I see this all makes sense. Right. And I think that's what's happening when, and I know you are on this journey to become the person that you're meant to be. And it's a long, it's a big dreams that we all have, right. It doesn't happen overnight. We actually, how we create, how we create the results that we want or how we do these big ass scary dreams is actually by becoming the person that can then do it. Right. And that's the journey that I've been on. And I've been on this journey for many, many years, but what you guys maybe have been seeing, or maybe haven't realizing, but in the last year, there's been all of these small little shifts and transformations in my business happening. And really it's been happening since January. And if you've been following me for a while, you guys know that I was me and Jen Navarro. We had a podcast, we had a mastermind together. And after I decided to, we decided to go our separate ways and do my, I do my own thing, which was, you know, to me, the simple, the obvious thing was to just keep on going with sales and business. And so I went all in and I created this amazing offer called Hell Yes Offers, which I actually just took myself through. It was so good. I freaking love that offer. And it was great. However, there was, when I was getting really, while I was doing that, when I was doing it, there was this knowing inside of me that I wasn't really meant to be doing that, that there was something else that my energy really wanted to be at, where my passion really wanted to be at. And so when I finally got honest with myself, I realized that what I really, really want to be focusing my energy on and helping people with is what I call the embodiment technique, which is a tool that I created to help people really go from transformation to an embodiment. And we'll talk a little bit more about what embodiment is, but all of this, this long story short is for two and a half years, I've been working on this technique, this process that I've been taking my clients through because I had coaching models or coaching tools that I was using, using, but they felt limited. They only really addressed the brain. And as I was coaching, you know, myself and lots of clients and hundreds of clients, I realized that there is pieces missing. So over time, I created my own framework that 
incorporates not only the mind, but also takes into account to us our soul consciousness, which is really our intuition, our source. It's the non-physical part of us. And the non-physical part of us is the main part of us. So a lot of the coaching tools and a lot of the tools that we've been using with are actually meant for our brain and they don't incorporate all of us, right? The embodiment of our truth and really the emotions. And I see it's the emotions that really are keeping people stuck. So I created this tool that helps you embody your truth. It helps you take what you know to be true, who you are, the real you, and you become this person. You see yourself as this person. You don't just want to believe you are this person, but you actually become the vibrational manifestation of this person. And it allows you to hold, to let go of the shit holding you back and really get you into that confidence so you're able to do what you're meant to do. This tool shifts you out of resistance and helps you taps you into feeling good at any moment so that you don't have to wait to feel good until you have the results, but your worthiness, your embodiedness of worthiness is right now and feeling good is right now. And it gets you out of imposter syndrome and into action. One of my clients, I was talking to her yesterday and we were talking, she's been working, she's actually been with me for many years and has seen many iterations of this process. And she was saying how like the embodiment technique in this iteration really helped her put her emotions in the driver's seat. And she does not like that, right? Like a lot of people are scared of their emotions and don't have the language around emotions. And so this technique, this, what I'm doing, what I'm putting out into the world is helping people make sense of their emotions, give them control over their emotions so that they can then create and become everything they meant to be. Because the thing that's really in our way is our emotions. So I tell you all of that to t- just because I want you guys to have some context of what I'm going through. And here I am after, so I get home from Mexico in July and in July is when it, when I really was like, okay, I've been holding back this truth. I've been holding back the thing I know I'm going to be do. I should be doing. I'm all in. And then in August, I released the embodiment experiment, which was a 30 day experiment, taking people through using this technique for 30 days. And the results were holy crap. So amazing. So at the end of all of this, I have this tool that I've been basically working on for eight years. Actually, I've been working on it for three and two and a half years. I've been the person that I became, I've been working on for eight years. And now this tool works. This tool works on me. It works on other people. And I'm like, holy fuck, everything that I've been working on, everything that I knew that I wanted, that I've been coming, I knew I wanted to become a coach. I knew I wanted to have something that helped transform the world. And now I'm so clear and it's given to me. And it's like, okay. Now it's time to go out and freaking just do it. It's time to get this into millions of people's of hands. And just getting to this point, it was like this whole fuck. And that's really what in the last couple of weeks, I've been spinning a little bit in resistance because I felt like I hit an upper limit. I don't know if where you are in your journey of being an entrepreneur, but I know we all go into it because we have this vision of what we we know in our soul. We're like, yeah, I know I'm meant to do this thing and we know it, but sometimes we can't quite articulate it. And it's the testing it and the doing it and the contrast that we're able to then articulate it. And so here I am so clear about it, have it 
all, everything, all the right pieces, everything is perfectly laid in front of me. And this is when the rubber hits the road. So this week, I've just been in this upper limit, right? And really, I've just been in resistance. I've been in all ex the excuses. Of course, on top of just being in this place, I literally have been in the transition of moving from San Diego back to, to Sayulita. And it's just been this beautiful this beautiful storm for me to get right here so that I could teach you what I'm about to teach you. Because when we are on this path of this journey of becoming our best selves and going after the thing that we, that we know we are meant to do, a lot of sabotage is going to come up. A lot of shit is going to get in the way. And when we're able to learn how to get out of the resistance and basically learn how to overcome ourselves and trust in our ability to overcome ourselves, then it's going to make it so much easier to show up and actually do the work. So what an upper limit promise, promise, uh, upper limit problem is, and this was really coined by Gay Hendricks. And it's basically, we all have a certain limit of how much abundance, success, love, whatever that we think that we are deserving of, right? So think of it almost as like a thermostat, right? So it's something, it's what we believe we are worthy of. And it's our brain's way of sabotaging off us from receiving more and seeing ourselves as the person that can hold more or that can have more. So really like the upper limit problem, it's an identity problem. It's that we don't see ourselves as that person. It doesn't feel real in our body, right? So there's imposter syndrome. And I think that that's, kind of always going along. But then I think in their journey, we'll have these ups and flows. And sometimes we'll hit these upper, upper limit, upper limit problems. So it's a little bit more of a, a stage, right? We, we get uncomfortable because we're getting too much success and we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on. And so it's so funny now that I really understand embodiment, right? So what embodiment is, is that you see yourself as that person. You show up as that person. It's like you are the physical manifestation of the energy. It's who you see yourself. And now that I know that, and I un also understand upper limit problems, I feel like embodiment is the antidote to upper limit because it's just the process of learning how to shift into the person that you, that you are meant to be at any moment versus the upper limit is when your brain is fighting that. So this past week when I got to Sayulita and I just had some space, I was really able to see how things have shifted, right? So since I've been back, I feel like a completely different person. And I realized that there are phases that I went through, right? There's different phases of going up and down of acclimating to becoming this person. And that's really what I want to talk about and is how do we navigate this, right? So on our journey to, to success, the more that we become in alignment or the more that we create the actual thing that we want, our brain is going to be like, oh, this is not safe. This is not safe, right? So there's this constant learning that we have to do of how to overcome ourselves. And I've just gotten really good at being so self-aware that I'm able to move through it. So I'm going to go over the phases with you because I think you just understanding that there are phases 
to embodiment of phases of becoming this person. And when you understand where you are in the phases, then that is the thing that's going to make it so that you can navigate them. And this is just when it becomes fun because you are, you are the one in control. Okay. So here are the, is the process of embodiment and there's three different phases. So phase one is you are becoming a student of yourself, right? And this is really a, an information phase, right? So this is all about self-awareness and commitment to knowledge. You're being self-aware. You you become the observer of what's going on. Your power is all in your awareness. And when you're able to just be the observer and look at what's going on, you're able, able to gather information. And that's what this stage is really about and information that things that you like about yourself or maybe things that you don't like or that aren't working. So also the contrast, but also this stage is about exploring yourself, right? Committing to learning. So finding your, what I call soul consciousness. So your soul consciousness is where your intuition, your inner voice, God source is that non-physical part learning how to connect to that part of you so that you can actually access your truth. Learning how to follow your desires, right? So just being in this curiosity stage and being like, oh, what, what do I desire? What do I want? The other thing in this, in this phase is that you're allow, you're using the contrast in triggers to guide you. So whenever you're triggered by something or negative emotion comes up or you feel contrast, on the opposite side of that is a desire or is trying to tell you something. So instead of looking at, at it as something's gone wrong, you're able to use it as more information. This stage is all about being curious for the truth, willing to look at all parts of you and the shadow parts of you, right? So this is just really getting to know yourself and being curious. The thing about this stage is that it feels good, right? So you actually feel really activated in this stage. And in fact, this is where you might feel, you know, inspired or like the hits of motivation, somebody that is maybe going from not self-aware or not, hasn't been working on themselves. They are looking for the motivation to help them move forward. This is really that part where you're looking for that, right? And the other thing that will happen in this phase is that through getting all of this information and, and through studying and through being curious, not about just about yourself, but then picking topics and then going and learning more about them is that you're going to get more information and through more information, you will then create breakthroughs. So this phase feels fun. It's like you're getting new information. You're looking at yourself. This is really, sometimes people call this the consumption stage, right? So you're reading books, you're listening to podcasts, you're taking courses, maybe you're doing master classes. It's a fun phase. It's an important phase. It's all about the information. But here's the thing is that this phase is not meant to stay in for so long because the result of staying in this phase is actually imposter syndrome in some upper limit. And the reason why that is, is because the more information, right? Like you can consume and you can listen and you can know, but if you just have the information and you're not applying it, or you aren't the actual transformation of it, you're going to feel it inside of you. So let me give you an example about this, right? So 
Um, we'll just say surfing for a minute. Let's say you wanted to learn how to surf and you could go and read a book about surfing. But if you, once you show up to the ocean, you're probably not going to know how to surf. It's, you have to go out there and it's like this trial and error. You get in the water, you fail a lot, right? There's, you have to actually go out there and take the action. And through the messiness, you actually learn and become that person. So when you just have all of the information, information doesn't feel real in your body. What actually makes it feel real and you see yourself as that person is the action through it. So if you feel like you're an imposter syndrome, like you have the information, but you just don't feel like that person, it's because you haven't gone to the next phase yet, which is the phase, which is phase two, which is committed to doing the work. And this is also known as the transformation stage. Okay. So this phase is committed to doing the work, no matter what it's radical self-responsibility. This is where it gets messy and it feels hard. Okay. I just want to be really honest with you. And that's the whole reason why a lot of people will say they want to change or say they want the results and they have all the information, but then they don't say consistent in their actions or actually take their actions is because that what this stage really is, is your willingness to do the work. And what the work looks like is experimenting and learning through wins and failing, right? So how you actually evolve and how you become somebody is not just by having the successes, but it's also through the failures and the lessons. That's really where it's at. And we can't just conceptualize things and read books and take classes and think that we are that person. We actually have to create new emotional coding because it's the actual action and the experience that creates the belief for you so that you actually feel like that person. You are coding that you're becoming that person. So it feels real in your body, right? So the action is the thing that makes the new beliefs and the emotions stick. So it feels real. This is how you create new patterns. This is also the phase of letting go, of breaking patterns, of doing things differently so you can create something new. new. This is the phase where you're using the tools, right? So you might be, you know, when I say tools, I'm talking like meditation, breath work, the embodiment technique, maybe the model, inner voice work, IVFT, right? Whatever the tool that you could use, there's so many different um, tapping, right? This is the stage where you're actually doing the tools to shift, to do the work. The tools are actually meant to help you go through this phase because if not, you just want to go want to go run back to the safety of the information stage stage. But it's interesting because as I say that, the information stage becomes uncomfortable because you get all this information, but then you're not yet that person. And that's where the imposter syndrome. So it feels uncomfortable. So really the thing to stay comfortable is to keep on evolving, which is why you have to continue to cycle through all of these three stages all the time. And I'll tell you more about it, but it all builds on itself, right? So this phase is where you become the person through practice, through action, through failures. This is the phase where you just have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be able to change your relationships with feelings. The suffering is optional. When you can learn how to cleanly process your pain, cleanly process feelings, 
a lot of the resistance and a lot of the stuff keeping you stuck just goes away because it's no longer holding you back, right? So this phase is so, this is the make or break phase. If you don't stay in this phase long enough, you are never going to make it to the embodiment. You're going to constantly going back and staying in self-sabotage and going back to information. And, and this is why I create my group programs. This is why I create my deep one-on-one -on -one programs. This is why I created the embodiment experiment is to help people not just have the tools, but give them a space to actually do the work. And here's the interesting thing that I was, I kind of knew this, but it was like really confirmed. So as you guys know, I, I work with spiritual entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, um, and we in order to create the results we want, there's a certain amount of work, right? And a lot of us have our own tools. A lot of us actually know we're not out there needing the information. It's mostly we need to actually apply what we know. And this is the hardest thing because so many people in the embodiment experiment will going through it be like, I know I need to do it, but I just don't do it. And what was so helpful about the embodiment experiment is that it was space to actually do the work that you don't want to do. So you do it instead of just keep on putting it off. And so I'm just seeing the value of really creating containers where people are, it feels safe and there's a level of accountability and there's a level of like, I'm going to do this because I'm committed to doing this work that I'm able to stick in this phase long enough to then see these small little changes shift. And at some point, all of that small little changes hit. And one day you wake up and it's like, you're the embodiment of it. And that is the third phase, right? So the third phase is embodiment. It's being, it's radical self-expression, right? This is when you actually see yourself as your highest truth, right? You see yourself as the person you want to be. Not only do you see yourself as this person, but you're just, you take person, you take action as that person. You're not having to think about it. You're not using the tools to then get into it. You're not having to say affirmations to be it. You just are it, right? It's just, you're not overthinking it. It's just effort. And this is really when to me in this embodiment stage is, it's just a deeper level of, a, of alignment. It's when you just are it, right? So the truth of who you are, right? Your soul consciousness, your beliefs, your identity, your actions, they're all in alignment effortlessly. So you're just really, truly this expression of who you are. And it just feels so good. You're tapped into your power. This is where I say you're able to just play with what's possible, right? You're not living in predictability. You're playing with possibility. You're flirting with what's potential. You're able to experience the magic and the miracles and things that are unexpected because you're leaned back and you're trusting. This is when you're a magnet, when things are just coming to you They're because you are so embodied in who you are. When you are so embodied, there's less action that needs to be taken, right? You're, if you look at people that are creating results without a lot of action, it's because they are deep into their embodiment. And when you get really good at what who you're being, there's less doing that you have to do, right? And at this stage, there is a higher level of, it's a higher playing field, right? that you're really at your truest form. You're in your truth. You're in your leadership. You know who you are. You know what you do and you know how to be it, right? And you might be tested in this phase, right? So it might not be all rainbows and daisies and you might revert back to your old ways, but 
And after doing the old way, you are just like, oh, wait, that doesn't feel right. That's not me. And you're able to snap back into it, right? You you just know it just feels really easy and it's who you are. And when I was teaching sales, I was teaching sales through embodiment. And when you are just the embodied version of it, it's like, you don't have to effort. You don't have to sell. You just are it. And so this is really when it gets good, when you just the embodiment of who you are, you just get to show up and take action for the fun of it. And that's the other thing I, that's about embodiment. That's so vital is that, and I think that there's kind of maybe like a sub phase in between two and three, where when you get into this phase where you're embodied and you just feel good, you actually don't need to see the results or the conditions around you become optional, right? And how I actually work with myself and my clients is I teach my clients how to live in all three of these stages so that it's not like you have to wait until you have the results to feel embodied, but you're able to actually, what I call intentionally body your truth at any moment and shift into it so you can feel it now. And when you feel good now and you feel embodied now and it feels real and you see yourself as that person now, rather than waiting to see the results, that's when things get really good because you're not having to do anything because of the results you're able to do because it feels good. And this is really the deep work that I do with my one-on-one clients is getting to this place where we're just embodied. So they are so tapped into their intuition and their inner voice. They're being led. They're just showing up like, this is who I am. I know exactly what to do. It's being they know exactly what to say. It just feels easy. The ideas are coming. Clients are coming. And it, it's just your business becomes an extension of who you are, right? And that's, it's funny because it's like, I, I know I'm making a tweak and I'm not talking about sales as much, but ultimately when you get to the state to embodiment, you don't actually need to sell. You just need to be yourself and inform. And that's when the magic happens. So this has just been, it's, been a really beautiful couple of months for me as I've been really deep into phase two of the transition. And now on the other side that I've been to Sayulita, I feel this embodiment. I feel this shift. I feel that things feel lighter and easier, and it just is a beautiful place to be. So let's go back to talking about how do you navigate these upper like limits, right? How do you navigate through these different phases? And your upper limits and your, like I said, imposter syndrome really are mostly in stage one, right? So when you're living too much in stage one and just consuming the information and like, you know, but you're not being that person and doing that person, you're not being that person, you're going to feel it. That's where we, that's where the upper limit now, I mean, that's where the resistance comes in. Now, the more that you're in phase one and you're in phase two and you start to be in phase three and you actually feel like that person that's when your upper limit might come because you're like, oh, wait, I'm getting close to being this person. I feel it, right? So it's just, you have to keep on going back to each level. And the more that you're able to shift through each level, it falls apart because the antidote to the upper limit is the embodiment. And embodiment at any moment, you can stop and practice embodiment in this moment, which is just shifting the resistance in your body and feeling good now. And that's always available to all of us. I just want to remind you guys that, and really it's all about the small shifts over time, right? So you, 
there might be phases where you're in stage two more than you're in stage one. There might be phases where you're in phase three and things are really going well. And then you're like, okay, now I want to become, I want to get to the next level. So you go back to stage one, right? So it's just understanding that there are different phases and that your ability to move through all three of them at any point is really your power so that you're not going to be stuck. And when you know that you're going to be moving through all three, three of them and you find acceptance, it helps you move through them even faster. And what I really work on, especially in the embodiment experiment and with my clients is helping people tap into the embodied place every day, right? So even though you might not be that person yet, you're able to actually practice, right? So going back to the analogy I made about the Mount Everest and getting acclimated, right? It's just training. The more that you can hold the vibrations and practice the vibrations and feel them in the in your body, the easier it's going to be to hold them for longer and longer and longer. So what I suggest is that no matter what phase you're in, right? And, I, and you have to go through all phases, you still have access to feeling good now, right? You still have access to dropping in and going to that place inside of you that is safe, that is that where joy lives. And that's really like one of the things that I teach with the embodiment technique is how to be, how to be human and have emotions and how to process the emotions. But then how to shift back into this place of feeling good. And that's really the whole point. The more that you can feel good, you know, and you have the tools to feel good. Even though I've been in the stage two for quite a while, I've also have felt better than I ever have before. And so these stages allow me to hold a duality of feeling good. So I can be in the embodiment stage while I'm also playing in the others and maybe the transformation stage. So I'm able to hold the duality of feeling good and knowing that I'm also going through this transformation. And that's really where my power has come from. And what I really teach my clients is how to hold the duality of emotions so that you're able to continue to take action, even when we're going through these transformations and we're going through, we're letting go of layers that no longer serve us, right? Like I see this so much where it's like, like, we want to stop and halt things when things get hard, but the success comes when you can hold the duality and experience the pain and the negativity. And of course, I'm all about giving ourselves rest and stopping when we need to stop, but learning how to shift fast and get back into action and get back into feeling good and get back into the embodiment place is the thing that actually creates the results, but also makes the journey way more fun. So that's the direction I'm going in. I hope that this was helpful for you guys to understand that there are phases and just seeing and knowing that there's phases and how and having to navigate the, the phases is really the work. So if you want to get, if let's say you're in phase one, you want to be in phase two, or you're in phase two and you want to be in phase three, this is the work I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients. I now am, I have a couple of spots open for my embodied one-on-one -on -one experience, experience, which is just doing the embodiment work on a very, very deep level so that you can stay in action towards your goals and that you can become this person that you know you're meant to be. And you can feel good now, not waiting till you have those results, but feeling good along the way. So 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Um, if you're over on Instagram, come follow me. I have been posting a lot of cool pictures of me being here in Sayulita. I love to, to keep up to date there. And yeah, I can't wait to next week. We're going to have a whole new vibe. It just feels so appropriate right now to have this new branding coming out because it just, this podcast doesn't feel right anymore with the person that I now am and the up level that I've made and the level of embodiment that I am right now. This next version just feels so good. And I'm so excited to take you guys all along for the ride. So I'm sending you love. If you want more information about ways to work with me, you can go check in the notes below. Please share this. Please write a review if you enjoy it. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week.